All right, welcome back, everyone, to Midwestern Fins. As always, I am Haggy, and with me is Taylor and our special guest, GTH. What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Appreciate you bringing me on. Finally. Yeah. Thanks for... <laughs> That's on me. Almost here. <laughs> I just want to let you know, and maybe you already talked about this a little bit or you heard it, but Haggy's in charge of all the guests. He invites them. He's the one who does it all. You've been on our list since day one. And this is episode 25. Was he on the list? Uh, uh, I'm glad my reputation precedes me. Hopefully I can live up to it and not make too bit of a fool of myself. Oh, you'll be fine. We've had Travis on here twice, so you'll be better. <laughs> Any worse than that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Love to see it. I love Travis. Travis, my boy. I think everybody likes Travis a little bit. Probably. I'm sure there's one or two out there because he tends to, you know, say a little too much at times. But that's what we love about him. I honestly think he has like more followers than anybody, any of us. I mean, I don't blame Travis him. Is, one of my favorite followers. Travis's Twitter uh, Twitter group is quite large. But anyway, welcome to the show. Welcome to Midwestern Fins. Are you excited? I'm thrilled. I was telling Haggy, I was sitting here with two fingers of bourbon ready to go. Oh, hell yeah. It's a good time. Mm. So I guess this this counts as our, our next installment of Midwestern After Dark, by the way. Because we are recording pretty late. Well, correct. So I think this is number three, maybe number four. Pretty excited about that. It's three. Heck yeah. Uh, Christy was the first one. With uh, After Dark. What was that? So are there any special rules that come with After Dark? No, we just uh, do it to make ourselves feel a little bit cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, right? Yeah. I like it. I am a fan. All right, to start things off, is there anything you wanted to know about the Midwest? Consider it after it's after dark. Is it dark there yet, or is it still hanging on oh, there? Yeah, it's dark. Four o'clock. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, where exactly does the Midwest cut off? And you no, know, technically, Montana tends to be a little bit further west than mid, at least in my mind. Yeah, we're. I'm technically not in the Midwest. I'm just the West. Uh, Taylor in South Dakota is in the Midwest, according to the Census Bureau. I am I am as far west of the Midwest as you can get. Oh, gotcha. Like, I drive six miles, and I'm no longer in the Midwest. You're that close yeah, to Montana? I'm that close to Wyoming. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, I see, I suppose, yeah. I'm one of your typical East Coast people. Anything west of me is essentially the Midwest. So Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota might as well all be one place. That's bad. I don't like that. But fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm offended. How could you lump us in with those people? <laughs> yeah, nobody likes North Dakotans. <laughs> or Wyoming. <laughs> but, uh... Cool. Well, is that your only question, or 
Yeah, not much. I, I mean, how many questions can one possibly have about the Midwest? I mean, there's a thousand miles between houses, so there isn't a whole lot of questions <laughs> that have been brought up to me. So, <laughs> is there any knowledge that you have that you can drop on me that can educate me a little bit more? The only thing you need to know is that we say "ope," and we can have four seasons in one day. Four seasons in a day. That's it sounds rather inconvenient. I tend to get a little bit cranky when it's colder in the morning than it is in the midday. Um, so I can't imagine what four in a day feels like. But, but like, yeah, but two, go ahead, Haggy. I was gonna say, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be cold in the morning, it could just be cold in the middle of the day and then just heat up out of nowhere, <laughs> like afterwards. That's the thing about it, you just don't know w- what order it's gonna be in. It seems difficult to plan for. Uh, what? Uh, how does that impact like school and shit? Like, do, does the school have to be flexible, or can they? Oh, yeah. uh... So, like where where I'm at, they accommodate like a minimum of eight snow days, mm-hmm. and then they have cutoff times for late starts and early outs. So occasionally the kids will get out at one o'clock instead of like standard three forty-five, or there will oh. be a two-hour late start where kids go to late. They start school at ten thirty. Um, they've actually been a lot better at like predicting when school is going to start. So I don't think early outs are as common. But uh, you know, um, we got a bunch of snow Monday, and they had canceled school for Tuesday by like one o'clock Monday afternoon. Well, at least you're well equipped to deal with extremes here like if there's snow in the forecast they cancel even if it's only going to be an inch tops um like we had our first snow day last week um and we got a quarter inch but they decided that that was enough risk where they didn't want to kill a bus full of kids so i love it montana they don't care <laughs> i during my k through 12 i've never in Montana, I got in a snow day. It didn't matter how much snow was on the ground. It didn't matter it was 50 below with like 30 mile an hour winds. They just didn't care. They're like, get to school. Love to see it. Yeah. The only one snow day I got in Montana was my first year of college in Missoula. And I, there was already a foot and a half of snow on the ground. And then there was another two feet of snow. And the president of the school was just like, no, we're, we're not, we're canceling everything. Don't have school, which was great. Cause I had like a paper due that day. And then like three tests I had to take. So I got all that, all that spread out the next week. And it was amazing. Definitely feel blessed. Yeah. Especially cause I was a procrastinator like really badly then. So I was writing my paper as I found out. <laughs> That was canceled for the day with no sleep. (laughs) Looking out for you that day. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Other than that, yeah, no snow days. I wished, but. Um, Well, we don't get snow days built into the calendar here. So if they cancel a day, they make it up on a Saturday or take away spring break. So that sounds awful. It's terrible, especially like I got two kids in daycare. Like when they 
end up canceling school and then adding it back, it just throws a whole other wrench into the equation and end up having to take time off that you don't necessarily need to. And it just ruins the rest of the week. But maybe one of the days they'll make the change and get everything right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, any other interesting trivia that you can send eastwardly? Is there a, uh, uh, aside from Ope, which I had heard before, um, and that was, goes as far east as Ohio, um, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not a virgin to the Ope trend. I actually have a question. Have you ever played Stump? I've never played Stump. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, it's also known, known as Hammerschlagen. Uh, nope. All right. Um, so Taylor might have played this. So what it is, you get a tree stump, and you put some nails in it, like one nail for each player. Now, what you have to do is there's, depending on how you play it, um, the way I play it is you got three ways you can earn swings. You can f- flip it front ways and catch it. You can flip it underneath your leg and catch it. Or you can flip it behind your back and catch it with those doing one, two, and three swings, respectively. And when you catch it, it's just immediately you don't catch it and then stop and then make the swing at the other people's nails. You catch, swing, pin another person's nails. You have to drive it so that the head of the nail is... Um, completely below the surface of the stump. So like if you run your finger across, like it's not going to be popping out. And mm. it's a really fun uh barbecue game. And uh I've dropped the nail on my foot or the hammer on my foot quite a few times. It, it seems prone to mistakes when alcohol is involved. Oh well, yeah. I was going to I was going to jump in here so like I've played this before, but uh, we've also done a different one where, like, you're splitting wood or you split a stump, so you have an axe involved, and we would always call it the SoCo swing because apparently Southern Comfort was always involved. And, like, your job was to see how many swings it took you to, like, split a stump in half. So most of the people would try to do it in, like, one swing, but it never works that way. Right. Yeah, that's so, not definitely at all direction that I thought you were going. <laughs> when you're bringing up nails and tree stumps, the only exposure I have to that is like Cracker Barrel, where you know, the old people try to wrap a string around it. And so I'm glad it's at least a little bit more entertaining than that. It's something oh, I it have is. to pull out at the next family gathering. Oh, yeah, it, it is so much fun. It's heavily involved when the family comes over. Yep, don't blame me there. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite games. I, from what I understand, it's pretty popular in Minnesota too. So, how big of a uh, stump do you have to use? Is it one of the larger ones, or something like six inches to a foot across? Works well. Well, you're going to want it to be a, a bigger one. That way you can get more players. Like the last time I played, uh, I'd say my stump was probably about uh, probably two, two and a half feet in diameter. We had like 10 people playing. 
and it worked out pretty well. Like you want some space because you're gonna, you're, you might end up it's nicking your own by accident. Otherwise, I feel like if you're too close together, but and you're gonna need to have enough room to play multiple rounds of this because like if you if you hit the nail and it bends, like you still you still hit it down. It's like you hit it down sideways until it's flush. Hmm. So the only time you get to reset your nail is if it pops out. In which case, then you kind of put it about to where it was before it flew out. Are there? Can you turn that into a drinking game in itself, or is that generally frowned upon? Well, I mean, you can, but I we we usually play it drink in hand because you mm. need you throw and catch it with one hand. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's more like a, so is it a stump in the ground or like a cross section? Um, well, I mean, it had already been like it's still like if you were to cut a tree horizontally, like a cut like that. But uh, we had it out of the ground already. Like it was, you could basically even just take like a regular part of the tree trunk, not necessarily the stump of it. I'm trying to picture this game. Like, are you are you throwing the tree or are you throwing the hammer? You're tossing the hammer. Oh, okay. It seems a little bit easier throwing a tree stump. Look a little weird yeah. in my head, but that makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the tree stump stays there. You toss the hammer, and that's how you get to hit the nails. Just, and if you drop the hammer, then you just pass it on to the next person, uh, and then you're out if your nail gets driven all the way down. It's last one standing. So it's reasonably low risk as long as it doesn't end up crushing a toe or something, but could end up bad if you lose your inhibitions a bit. I got you. I may have to pull that one out in you know the coming months. We'll see how it goes. Trouble is I highly recommend it. Tree stump. <laughs> yeah, that could be a little bit tricky. I'd uh, I don't know. I guess look for a lumber mill. And then I'll, I've also played it where um, and it's not as fun this way. But I also played it where we uh, where we set up a four by four, like on a on a couple sawhorses, and clamped it down and did basically the same thing. Like I said, not quite as fun, but it worked. It sounds like it could be a good time. Probably take a little bit of getting used to, but something that is better than your typical cornhole or playing tossing a frisbee out back. They play cornhole yeah. in the Midwest. Is that a Midwestern thing, or is that just definitely oh, yeah. Midwestern thing? Super competitive. Yeah, people take it way too seriously. Sometimes it takes the fun out of it. Yeah. So when you're when you're throwing the frisbee, are you just tossing it, or are you playing beersby? Mm, I forget what the game is called, uh, but there's one where it's basically a garbage can with a slot cut in it, and you get points for you get like one point for hitting the can two points for getting it in the top and if you throw it in the slot the game's over essentially um but i know that's taking on more of a life than cornhole now because i think people just got a little bit bored with cornhole taking over so now um this whole frisbee game is becoming all the rage gotcha no involved unfortunately so i don't know what that one's called because i've never played that one but Beersby is you take ski poles, right? And you have them, you're, you're a team of two, and uh, you set them a certain distance apart, and you balance a beer on top of it. 
and then it's a drink in hand game again, and you you gotta throw it at the uh, at the ski pole or at the beer if or and then if you hit the stick or the pole the ski pole, that's a point. If the beer falls and hits the ground, that's another point. And if the frisbee hits the ground, that's a third point. So you can get a maximum of three points on every turn. And uh, like if you if you throw the frisbee and it like just flies off and it's like not catchable, then that doesn't count as a point. But uh, and then you can't like guard it. Like you can't catch the frisbee f- before it hits the pole. But even if you throw it and you miss the pole and it's in a catchable like area, like if I could have caught it, even the, when as it passed the ski pole, then that would have been a point. But mm. that one's a lot of fun. And then whoever the losing team has to shotgun both the beers, right? Naturally, I, yeah, because they and they've been shaken up, so it's a lot more fun. <laughs> and I hadn't heard of that one either, but. Uh... Something to keep in the back pocket for a sunny day. Oh, yeah. You got anything to add in, Taylor? No. I think you guys covered most of that. Cool. Hey, GTH, before we get going any further and before we relapse on some more Midwestern talk, did you pick a charity of the week? I did pick a charity. Um, The charity I ended up choosing was the Kids in Need Foundation. Um, and their big thing is they're providing school supplies for um, students at schools that are over 70% free and reduced lunch. Um, so my wife's actually a teacher, um, and I know she ends up having to buy a lot of school supplies. So it's something that uh, I feel pretty strongly about um, and uh, definitely think they make it worthwhile. So it's the... Uh, yeah, the Kids in Need Foundation. I think the website is knif.org. Damn, I love it. Yeah, I'm such a fan. Like yeah, this, gen- it's like really something that I, I feel pretty strongly about. You know, I hear stories all the time about you know kids that come to school like in the same sweater for three, four months on end, um, and I know these kids aren't you know, going out and getting a notebook every time it fills up. So, you know, I tend to keep an eye out for charities that help kids get through when they just really don't have the means. Um, so that's something that uh, it's pretty important to me. That's great. We love it. Yeah, and this uh, actually like, uh, kind of hits like fairly close to home to me. Um, I got to be kind of like a social justice warrior for a little while, about one year ago, um, the local high school, or I guess not even high school, the local school district was contemplating at a board meeting sending unpaid lunch meals to a collections agency. And I threw a fit. I have never been so adamant about like a local change in my life uh, because, one, I think school lunches should be free anyway. But the fact that they were, like, willing to get, like, credit collections involved um, for parents that were unable to pay for their kids' meals at school just blew my mind. So I had made a few phone calls to, like, the local high school and started to get money essentially, like, raised around the community to pay off these lunch debts. So 
that was something that happened and then they canceled that idea and like all the lunch that was paid paid within like three weeks so i think this uh kids in need foundation is actually really cool because it's beyond that next level like this is for poverty rigid students that are trying to go to school to better themselves so that they're not in that in the future right yeah absolutely yeah no i love that that's really awesome 100%. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, yeah, ended up fighting for something like that. Uh, I tend to agree with you that it's something for you know, a collections agency to try and profit off getting school lunches that couldn't be paid for. For that to be considered at the county level is a little, little extreme. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate uh, letting, giving me the chance to plug that and uh, I'm glad to spread the word as much as i can no that's really cool i, I guess haggy haggy brings it up as much as i do but it's my favorite part of the it's my favorite part of our podcast yep but so with uh, uh along with our second half of our podcast gth welcome to miami dolphins fandom i'm sure it's absolutely hold fantastic. hold on just one second i want to plug a little bit of stats in there. Okay. I found some this time. Sorry. Um, (laughs) So it says on their website that they helped that last, last year they helped almost 200,000 teachers and more than 6 million students in the most challenged communities in the country. And then over the 23 years that they've been doing and been in business, they have distributed more than a billion dollars in school supplies to kids. Holy shit. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so sorry. Back to- a lot of great work. So uh, it's something that I have no reservations about what they're doing with the money. I know that they're good for it, and I've heard nothing but good things about them. That's so cool. So anyway, uh, that's my favorite part of the podcast, obviously. But we have a second part. We we're able to talk about the Selco swing, uh, Haggy's hammer, hammer wars. <laughs> <laughs> the, the back half of the podcast is the Miami Dolphins fandom and GTH. You are so spoiled to be joined in Haggy and I loving the Miami Dolphins. I, I could not imagine a better life than the pleasures we get to live every year. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much so. What, a. I'm just going to be like candid here. What are you expecting? I'm part of the no expectations game. What are you hoping to see happen in the next three months? Uh, Three months, you know, we got to land at least one, you know, top tier front seven player. I don't care if it's, if it's interior, if it's edge, if it's linebacker, like we got to get some help in the front seven and then someone else on the offensive line. I think everybody kind of has, you know, that Brandon Scherf, the Tooney kind of player in mind. Um, but we can't live off of, you know, the 12,000 draft picks that we have and hope they all work out. So we're going to have to bring in some veteran help. I know if we get into, you know, March. 22nd 23rd after the league year starts and we haven't landed at least one whale i'm i'm gonna start looking you know, at, at that ledge again yeah fair enough yeah, um, I, 
outside of that, like, I mean, we, we probably need five starters on the offensive line. <laughs> We're not joking. Um, and then you know, I'm pretty sure we could use at least two linebackers and three more edge rushers just to feel comfortable about the next two years. I don't want to sound too pessimistic, but I, the roster's so barren of talent that it's hard to get too excited about where we're at right now. I think a couple linebackers for depth would be good, but I love Jerome Baker and Raquan McMillan, especially rewatching some of the games. Like, they're studs. They definitely flashed. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with Baker this past year, uh, but he seemed to turn it on a little bit toward the end of the year. Granted, I was pretty hammered through the latter half of the season because you just can't spend too much time watching that kind of football sober. But right, and I, I feel like we got a pretty solid base. I'd like to see Raquan Moore as a rotational, you know, in on rundowns, and when you've got the tight end accounted for. Um, but if we could add one more guy that has you know in, insane burst and can close down on things quickly, I think we'll be in a lot better shape, but I'm trying to stay as grounded as I can and not just assume that because we've got the war chests of all war chests that everything's going to be fixed within the next, you know, year and a half. No, that's a good way to look at it, I think. So I pulled up a list of the top 100 free agents as of right now. Now, some of these people, I'm sure, will be signed by the time it rolls around in the next couple weeks. But um, it's an interesting top 10 that the NFLTradeRumors.co came up with because the number one player that they brought up was Dak Prescott. It's their number one ranked free agent. And then number four is our boy Ryan Tannehill. Who would would end up with? I, I am a Tannehill fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm fully realized that uh, it was time to move on, but there was always that hope that he would end up turning it around. So it was you know, a, a little bit of uh, Schadenfreude watching him get to the point that so many people said was just never going to happen in Miami. So that being said, I wouldn't bring him back. I just want to just to see everybody's like Twitter reaction. I think it'd be fantastic, but that's, that's besides the point. Um, So one of the things you were talking about is you want to see some, um, some interior or exterior, like people in the front seven. Um, A couple of the big names that come up is Jadavian Clowney, though. I don't think you'll want to play for us. Uh, Yannick Nagakwe. I think that's how you say his last name. I don't know the, the defensive end from Jacksonville. That's who I really want, like, so badly. Like, please. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think he's a bit. I know Flowers was the guy that everybody was kind of hoping for last year, and uh, I think Ngakwa could be far better in, in this defense um, than Flowers could have been. It's, a good so it's one of the glove fits. I know we're going to have to pay insane amounts of money to get him here and well deserving he's probably the best defensive free agent on the market um and who knows if he even hits the market they may end up tagging him but if we could land him a linebacker in an interior um you know nose tackle type you know 
go back to like a Tim Bones to play next to uh, Wilkins, it, I, I think our defense could turn around much quicker than um, the offense at this point. It's all in the trenches. Hey, so um, I'm going to add to this party just a little bit because the other person I had slated as a guest is available. What? Uh, yep. So I'm adding him in right now. Uh-oh, it's about to get fun in here. You love this. Yeah, bring it. Bring it. Um, hello. hello. We were just in the middle of free agent talk. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mr. Smoothpeen, what up? What up, brethren? How you doing? About time. Sorry, You're on guys, here with like... GTH as well. No, I'm not. I have you to are? say, this is a day I've been waiting for for a long time. I love you, brother. I love <laughs> you, and I'm so glad to hear your voice. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear your I'm voice. Nice to remember. I've got three of my favorite people right now. Oh. This is amazing. This is This is good stuff. I thank you guys. Like, me and GTH have had... We've been gay for a while on Twitter, and I'm just so glad that we can finally. <sighs> How you doing, man? It's good yeah. to hear your voice. You're a lot sexier than I thought you'd sound. Um, Nothing offended. wrong with that. I'm sorry, you yeah. guys. I'm high as shit right now. I'm sorry. I don't know, my well, sexy sneak up on people. Not in a creepy way, but in a yeah. way. Yeah. Anyways, Tyler, dude, good to see, good to, good to hear from you, Haggy. Good, GTH. Oh, I'm so happy. Anyway, let's go. Glad, I'm glad Free agency. Yeah, we were just uh, talking about how this website ranked Tannehill as the fourth best free agent. Prescott is the number one. We were just talking about uh, uh, the defensive end from Jacksonville. Who? Uh, um. Oh. Ngakwe? Yeah, Ngakwe. I mean, I seriously think, I mean, of course, we need help in the trenches as far as, you know, protection for, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, we can add one or two free agents, but our quarter, I mean, Fitz is still going to be running for his life. But I honestly think, like, we had zero pass rush. Zero. And I think we need to address that. We can address the line, you know, in, in the in the draft, of course, like as far as the offensive tackle goes. I hope they kind of go that route with the 16th pick. But or is it 16th or 18th? 18th. 18th. Okay. 18th pick. I hope they go like offensive tackle, something like that. But <clears throat> I think we need some edge rush big time along with – Pass pro, but I mean, got to fill it out somewhere. And I think we go pass pro in the draft. That's what I would do at least. Yeah, if we could hold on to all three picks in the first round and turn in, you know, quarterback, tackle, edge, it's the absolute ideal scenario. I, I can go to bed drunk and happy knowing that we filled those three because we have nothing. Yeah, I feel you. Like, exactly. Like, that's the ideal scenario to go, you know, to have three first-round picks and draft some studs out of that. But, I mean, it's not going to happen. Like, if, if it's serious, like, what what's his name? I can't remember who it was that tweeted talking about how 
but but you don't know who's full of shit and who's not and who knows what. Nobody knows anything. I'm sorry. Nobody knows anything, but there's a lot of rumors that like Ross is all in on them going for Tua. So if we have to if we trade like you know the 28th and the 5th to move up to 3, I mean I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I don't. I saw I saw a scenario where the uh Dolphins trade back with the Raiders because the Raiders have two first round picks. So let's say they want a quarterback and two is available. Do the Raiders offer their two first rounds for the Dolphins' fifth pick? So the Dolphins would have four first round draft picks this year. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be so awesome. And I think, I mean, it's the pipe dream, but nah. I think they'd only be moving back to eight. But at that point, who are we going to? I mean, it's got to be Jordan Love. What do you, yeah. yeah. I mean, Love Herbert at that point, if you go to eight, there's, I mean, Chargers, char, I think the Chargers are going to go hard for a quarterback. They're going to try to pitch some ideas to jump into the top five. I believe that, honestly. But they don't have the ammo nope. that we have, which that's what I think is going to wind up costing the 18th or the fucking 20, whatever's pick for it. Uh, Tom Brady's nobody... quarterback. Okay, so you don't think he's going to Oakland or Las Vegas, whatever the fuck? No, he's going to go to San Diego. I'm sorry. I'm I'm staying outside right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm shivering like, fuck. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> My ball sack is the size of a golf ball right now. Guy <laughs> <laughs> over here, I just assume that you just took a hell of a rip, so. Whatever he's got to Say what? Him. As I thought you just took a hell of a bong rip, but no, not a bong rip. Blunts and bulls, blunts and bulls. That's that's great, yeah. dude. I, do you have coats there? By Tennessee? the way, do I have coats? Yeah, dude. I'm not. I'm, a, I'm not a fucking pussy though. I don't shit my pants outside in the freezing cold. All right. Have you ever been in negative <laughs> degree weather? I honestly I can't say I have, but still, yeah, bro. <clears throat> Even though I'm from the, I've been in negative degree weather once, and I would never do it again given the choice. And I, I was strung up on a ski lift in the middle of a blizzard, and I just wanted to go home, like end the trip right there. Just not something that's ever recommended for anybody. I don't know how. Oh, man, how was the lift? Montana, Canada. I, it was the. High enough, I'd say 30 40 feet. Oh, okay, yeah, that's not a jump thing. Yeah, did you, did you guys know that I seriously love GTH? Did you guys know that? Yeah. Yes, I did okay. know that, but I love it actually. Actually, I might have been secret. in some maybe below below freezing, but negative. I don't know. I went fucking snowboarding up in North Carolina mountains one time when I was in middle school, and it was like the coolest experience of my life. But it was cool because, like, I had never been snowboarding before, and it just so happened that it snowed like straight powder on the slopes. So when I did fall, it wasn't a big deal. But I don't know how cold that was. But as far as negative, I don't think I've no, Mm-mm. no, fuck all that. Well, we just got a snowstorm Monday night here in Old Sodak, uh, and they uh, they said that the ski resort. Had 38 inches of powder. Is that in like was, one day or? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was just Monday. 
like from Monday afternoon to Tuesday morning. Yeah, remember we started this conversation with the quarter inch, half an inch is enough to shut people down. So I can't imagine what 38 inches of snow on a fucking day ends up looking like. So I was talking with someone earlier today, but like uh, 22 years ago today, um, my hometown had the biggest blizzard ever recorded. And it went, it snowed 115 inches in five days. On like Earth? Yeah. Bruh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a big fan. Almost twice my height in snow. Yep. Uh, One of those five days, it was 73 inches in 24 hours. Sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. (laughs) That's taller than me. I remember um, I live in Tennessee, and, like, the blizzard of 93 was a big deal. I don't even remember how much snow that was. Do you remember, babe? You weren't even born yet. Yeah. Yeah, you were born. You were six months old, but still. I don't know how many inches that was, but I remember it was like it was like a big deal. I remember my dad. I remember being a little kid. I was 93, so that means I was like five, six years old. No, I was five. I hadn't turned six yet. I'm like, I remember vividly like my dad like yelling my name. He's at the front door. And I'm like, what? He's like, come here. And he opens the door like in front of me and like it just fucking snow just plows in the house. Like, whoa. And, but, I mean, like, to me, it was taller than I was, but at the time I was like five, so I don't know what that would be. I mean, it was a big deal. Other than that, like, we don't get, we don't get shit. Like, every once in a while we'll get like four, five, six inches, giggity, but like, that's about <laughs> it. I like it. Yeah, but that's like really rare. Like, we haven't, we got like, we got like two to three inches like a week ago. And that was like a holy shit moment. Like all the workplaces shut down and <laughs> like everything. But other than that, like we don't get much snow here. I heard I heard Travis's wife gets two to three inches every night. Of course, dude. She's lucky. <laughs> it's a little chile. <laughs> so <laughs> free agency. <laughs> um we were talking about what fours and fives, something like that. <laughs> Four and five, you know, the the average six around there. Uh, where do you guys yeah. think Philip Rivers ends up? <laughs> I bet he moves like like four to five inches, like <laughs> to one conference, to one stadium. Probably goes to Oakland. The large I was going to say, does that mean he goes to the Rams yeah. if he's four to five inches? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think Rivers goes to Las Vegas. Tom Brady goes to San Diego. Dak Prescott goes to the Buccaneers. I'm nope. just throwing names okay. at this point in time. All right. You're, you're, you're saying stuff. Okay. I, it just hit me. I got to know. I got to know everybody right now. Like we've seen on Twitter how everybody feels. I want to know legit. What do you guys do? You guys want to? Uh, boom, laying it out there. Go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Absolutely, hundred percent, all in. Like, 
I want to hold on to the resources we can, but at this point, like we've made our bed and I just really don't want Justin Herbert. (laughs) So we got got two or three options and it's either trading back, trading up or sticking with another guy that just has looks good when you watch one or two plays, but. It's just nothing about Justin Herbert's excites me nearly as much as Matt does. Oh, yeah. I caught it. I caught it quick. Are you okay? I caught it. You didn't catch it, did you? No. <laughs> what I missed. It took a big rip. I got it, GTH. Don't worry. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, thank you. All right, Listen, fuck you guys. I'll run. I'll run your show for you. Hold on, move out of the way. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Haggy. <laughs> no, no, no. Like what I miss? What? It... No, did, I... we get time. we're just gonna have to listen and find out because it's gonna be right. greater. Don't let him ruin Fair the enough. joke. Fair enough. Hey, but you're uh, up. Do you want two or not? If he's there at five, sure, I'll take him. I guess, but otherwise, I don't want him. Dolphins, he does not deserve Dolphins fans. I'm going to say that. I've been saying it on Twitter all week. I'm going to say it again. He does not deserve Dolphins fans. Yeah, he's too good for the Dolphins, right? Yeah. The only way I feel about that is, like, there's been so much hype around him. You've got your half a dozen idiots that would just rather somebody else for some reason. But, I mean, he's going to come in, like, worshipped as the savior that this team has been hoping for for the last... 20 years now. Never Maria's yep. life fell apart. 20 and a half, technically, I guess, because that last half nobody really cares about. But, I mean, he's going to come in. He, he, he's going to come in the most loved athlete in the city by far. Yep, and if he underperforms a little bit, it's gonna, the Dolphins fans are going to crush him. This is the Dan Marino effect. They don't deserve I don't him. think so. They don't deserve him. I don't think so. Some They're Dolphins fans will crush him for seven absolutely. Years. I, I, some Dolphins fans will crush him absolutely, but most, the majority, I don't think so because it'll. He, I'm gonna go ahead and say my piece. I'm sorry, Taylor. Do you mind going last? I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, okay, sweet. <laughs> I'm grinding up a fat nug here, bro. <laughs> But anyways, um, before I was not on the Tua hype train, and um, I'm not going to say that I'm fully on board with it, but at this point, when it comes to the top-tier quarterbacks, like, I'll go ahead. Like, I I firmly, like, I've come to admit, and I firmly believe that my hatred for Tua is, I live here in the Southeast, dude, and, like, I'm a Florida Gators fan. I know... 99.9% 99.9% of Miami Dolphin fans are Hurricane fans. And I just, as a kid, liked it was always, because I live here in Tennessee, it was the Tennessee-Florida rivalry all the time. And I was like, Dolphins fan, so I'm going to be a Gator fan. And so I've always gone with the Gators, so therefore I hate Alabama and I hate, for obvious reasons, Nick Saban. And I'm 100% willing to admit that my, like, nine. I wouldn't say 90, probably 75 to 80% of my disapproval of Tua has been because of Saban. 
because I'm one of those weird ass blind Miami Dolphins fan. Fuck you guys. I'm damaged. I'm sorry. That's just what, you know. So, but, so I'm not, I wasn't fully on board. But now when you look at it, when you look at the top caliber quarterbacks that are there, I, I, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to take a project. I'm tired of taking a project and, and having to groom him. And I am 150% behind GTH and saying, I want nothing to do with Justin Herbert. <laughs> I know. Get that away from me. That's just, that's another, that's another, another name to add to the list of starting quarterbacks and Stan Marino, as far as my, personal opinion is concerned so at this point just like gta said we've made our bed we're gonna we're gonna have to trade something to move up to number three now will it be you know the uh, uh, the one of the first round picks this year possibly but at the same time there's also the first round picks next year there's also the second and third round picks next year that we have like the war chest is loaded so there's a lot of different scenarios that we can throw in as far as wanting to move up to number three, if that's the case and if that's what we want to do. So I, I'm tired of waiting. If we like, at this, I, am I worried about Tua and his hip? Yeah, we all. I mean, everybody that's going to be in the back of everybody's mind. Like, but at this point, it's like th- this is this is the time where this is the Dante Culpepper Drew Brees chance that we take here, and. I, I, I hope, I hope, I guess, and we make the right decision. So I'm on board with Tua. Am I 100% behind it? No. Am I a little skeptical? 100%. Would I be mad that they went for Jordan Love later on in the rounds? No. So that's me. I'm 50-50 on it, I guess. I don't really care, but if, if, if it happens, I won't be mad. But if it doesn't happen, I won't be mad either. Okay. Well, I don't know how to follow up with that. Besides yeah, bro. That's what happens when you smoke a bowl and you start talking about the dolphins. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to make this quick, and I've done this before, but I'm part of the no expectations game, man. Yeah, quit that shit, dude. That's just bad. No, it's not bad. It's fine. I'm literally never disappointed anymore. No, like, my dog- you're, you're literally going to kill yourself one day. And that's not okay. Nah, it's not going to happen. But, like, if the Dolphins draft Tua, that's fine. A lot of people are going to be mad. I'm going to love it. If the Dolphins don't draft Tua and he's available, I'm going to be even more happy because there's going to be such a meltdown on Twitter. I agree with you so much. 100%. Next five years. And it doesn't matter. Like The way that I see it right now, let's say the Dolphins draft Tua and he does great. The world's going to be fantastic because the Dolphins are going to be winning. If the Dolphins draft Tua and he sucks really bad, it's going to be awesome because there's going to be so many people saying, I told you so. If Tua gets drafted by another team and is successful, Dolphins Twitter is going to be like, we should have drafted Tua. Or if he goes to another team and he sucks really bad, there's going to be a lot of people saying, I told you so. So in my situation and the way that I see it is there's literally four wins available here. Like there's there's a positive outcome in every situation. But I mean, part of me is nervous. Like you say, four wins, but what's the greater crime is it if you don't pick Tua and he ends up 
even having reasonable success. Like, I don't even think winning the Super Bowl over the course of his career is needed to completely gut our hearts. But if he makes a run to like AFC championship game, wherever he's at, and we don't get there, like, how do you not look at that and be like, this is the worst franchise in the history of places outside of Cleveland? Oh wait, what do you? That's mean? what I'm I, saying. Like that, it's it's the it's the fucking on, it's the Drew Brees Dante Culpepper gamble again. Like you just you, have to. Are you referencing Ryan Tannehill making it to the AFC Championship as soon as he gets put on a team where he's able to be successful? Because if that's the case, then that's never going to happen to any quarterback in Miami. Like there needs to be more of a cultural change than just Tua coming here. We already had this conversation earlier. Like a front seven player on defense is more important. A good offensive line is more important. Like, sure, a quarterback is going to be phenomenal, but unless you put them in a situation for them to win, they will never be successful. So there's more to it than just Tua coming. Well, I mean, duh. That's why we have more first-round draft picks, and we (laughs) hope that we have the right staff selecting the that's the whole thing dude it's fucking hope it's not like we know what they're gonna do it's it's not like we're making the draft picks like bro i'll bring some public subs like to the draft if you just let me get in the war room with you please like we're not gonna be in we we can't make the picks all we can do is hope and that's the whole thing you hope that this franchise makes the right picks and we have the right coaching staff and the right gm whether you believe in Greer or not i don't fucking care that that's what it comes out you just have to hope you, that's all we can do is hope for the best that's it that's it it's not wrong that's fine you're I mean, not wrong I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, whether they take the gamble on Tua or not, you have to hope that whatever decision they make is the right decision. And for the entire time that we have been Miami Dolphin fans, the time has been 0% of the time. So, I mean, it, it, it's just, it is what it is, dude. Like, I'm ready. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to say that I'm ready to take the gamble. I'm taking it. Uh, fine. I'll, I'll hop on the hype train. And if he does well and he performs for us, and all of a sudden we pull out like nine, 10 wins this next season, if he comes in halfway through, or pull, if we pull out seven, eight wins with Fitzpatrick playing 75% of the fucking games and then Tua playing the last fucking four games and he wins three games, like, who fucking know? I don't know. But that's just what we have to hope happens. And if that happens, I'll be one of the first people that's constantly tweeting the Homer Simpson gif, like backing up in the fucking like hedges. Like I was wrong because, dude, I was firmly (laughs) against him. And I'm still like, I don't know. But if it happens, I won't be mad at it. And if it doesn't happen, I won't be mad at it. I'm going to say that again later on. Watch. Did you guys know that I love GTH? The only thing I think like that is you you talked like Travis there for a little bit. Did I really? I'm sorry. Fuck, that's stupid. That's okay. Oh, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Jesus. So <laughs> I love you, Travis. I love you so okay. much. Let's, let's eliminate our draft positions. Let's say we have the first overall pick. Who is your guy? Who is Chase your, Young. Who is your prospect? Who is the one player that you want to pick? You're gonna have to say that again. I didn't hear a word. Who yeah, bro. Is going, who is the best? Who is the one player that you could draft that you want on your team? Like we already talked about wanting two, but if you can have any player declared for the draft, who would it be? 
Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with Matt and say Chase Young. Like, it's been months since I've decided that having him on my team would make me happier than I can even understand. But, you know, even knowing that we haven't had a quarterback worth getting excited about in decades, like, there's so much about him that can be exciting. And there, there's other ways to get a quarterback. I'm trying to eliminate the other first round picks, but. <laughs> When it came to two in mania, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, no, if you could have anybody, well, there is Chase Young. <laughs> I feel you, dude. Yeah, I Chase feel Young's you with the that. third most exciting football player I've ever seen. So yeah. it'd be hard to turn that away. I feel you. But at the same time, would it be hard? Like, what about Burrow? You don't, you don't think, you don't think Burrow's sexy? I'm not terribly on the bro. I mean, I think he's a safe option. Like, I think he's relatively low ceiling, um, but high floor. Um, but I just, uh, I think he's that, you know, like good Eli Manning, the maybe better end of Philip Rivers type of career where, yeah, he looks like he's going to put it all together, but just never really gets there unless everything else around him kind of gels and everybody loves to harp on Alabama and how they had this loaded roster and blah 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 like the LSU probably going to have eight or nine picks that go in the first round over the next two or three drafts like let's not pretend that LSU wasn't a completely stacked team but he's the only one that ever gets um, two is the only one that ever gets the it gets shit on for having so much talent around him, but I mean the skill positions and the speed on defense of LSU was just insane. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I don't trust Burrow to be the guy when it literally took him five years to put anything together that made anybody talk about him, and all of a sudden he's supposed to be the surefire draft pick that gets thrown around with. Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning I've seen on Twitter before, which is just absolute insanity. Would you be surprised if Cincinnati took Tua number one overall? Absolutely not. Uh, I, I think that it's an organization that loses its, you know, its, its will to live at some point and kind of gets blown in whatever direction they feel like is going to get them the most attention. Uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you if you know know, one decision that they made over the last 10 years where you look at it and it's like I understand what they're doing they've got the right idea this is something that I would have done if I was a billionaire running a expense-free franchise right so while everybody says you know bro is going to be the guy I would not be surprised at all um, if they go for the home run, you know, PR move and get all the attention for going for the riskier of the two. Did that happen last year or two years ago with Baker Mayfield and the Browns, though? Like, yep. we kind of thought Baker would be the number one, but they weren't certain that he was going to be the pick for the Browns and they ended up being. Like, that was kind of a surprise, right? Well, they they thought he, the Browns. The, everyone picked uh, Darnold to the Browns. So yeah, like that Baker. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then Saquon Barkley went number two, right? Yeah. So then who was number four? The number four pick was uh, cornerback, Corner. right? Yeah. Because he was also the Browns, right? Yeah. yeah that was Denzel Ward. Yeah, Could you that. imagine having the first and fourth fucking pick in the first round? Could you imagine that? What would happen right now? Could you imagine Dolphins Twitter if we had the first and fourth pick in the first round? It would be Chase Young and Tua, guaranteed. I would delete. I would. I would. No, but like the frenzy, like the people arguing, the people like the the wars that would be started over who's going to be picked and who should be picked. That would be glorious. Jesus. Oh, I had so much fuel to that fire too. Oh man. My God. You know me. I like to yeah. start shit on Twitter. When we got the first round pick for Minka and it looked like Pittsburgh was going to be awful this year, the, the, I, there were moments where I had visions of having like the number one and two picks, even though I, I've said before Mike Tomlin's a good enough coach where yeah. you know, with them winning eight games wouldn't have been surprising. But yeah, they, they just lost Ben and I'm, I'm going to get sad again thinking. <laughs> how they turned it around and ended up going 500, but it, it really had me excited for a moment thinking about how we could have two picks in the top five at least, and then once again, I thought, as fan, my joy got stolen. Are you guys... Um, I'll go 10. ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I did too, especially when Rudolph was starting. Like, I thought I was... I, mm, fuck Minka, by the way. <laughs> I will forever be the number one Minka troll on Twitter as best I can be for you guys. I love it. But I want to ask, honestly, what what do you guys think about – how do you feel about Flores? Me, personally, I'm 100% on board. Like, he took a $61 million bullshit roster and pulled five wins out of it. Like, this man was set up to fail, and he somehow pulled five. Bullshit wins, whatever whatever you want to say. Whatever you want to say. This is the NF fucking L. And so I'm 100% on board. If he gets guys that buy into his program, then strap the rocket ship to his back, dude, and let's go. But that's the thing. We've got to draft guys that buy into him and buy into to, to his way of doing things. I 100% believe that, dude. I believe, like, I guess it's the the numb dolphin fan, like, zombie in me. But I feel like, for whatever reason, this is the one guy to come off the Belichick tree that kind of has his shit together. I mean, I mean, Vrabel does, of course, I think. But I feel like this guy's got it as well, and I hope for the best. God, I hope. <laughs> so I'm going to go. I took notes and everything. I went through the whole season. Which, by the way, if we don't get Tua or even a quarterback in the first round, I'm not going to mind because Rosen's actually, like, fucking impressive because I just watched all those games today. Um, like, I – yeah, I'm going to save that for another day, but I have it ready for the next episode of the podcast. Dang. Haggy hanging us to dry. Sorry. Well, that's all, folks. Cue banjo music. Well, I'll say this. Um, you know, I, I switch back and forth between social medias, like um, with um, Twitter and Facebook. Um, I don't 
dabble at all in like dolphins facebook i guess like i don't get into those groups like i'm added to a bunch of groups but i don't ever respond and i don't ever really read them because it's just i guess it's like twitter people are so much more woke i guess and it just they make much more sense than (laughs) facebook people but there's one dude that i follow there's one dude that i follow on uh facebook uh, we're friends, and he was streaming like the preseason games and shit like that on Facebook, so I could just like pull it up on my Xbox and you know stream stream the game. But he's trying to do his his own shit of like one of these like Twitter guys that are that are nobodies trying to be like Dolphins reporters and stuff. He's trying to do that himself, and he calls Rosen. He has a nickname for him, and it's it's fucking stupid. He calls Rosen interception waiting to happen. That's what he calls Rosen, and he like shows these plays of Rosen, and it's like I don't, I don't think Rosen's that bad, dude. Like just like you said, he's been impressive, and he's had some shit situations. But what I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Heggy, how many drops did Rosen have against? Right, right. No, I nine. No, like each game, like I lose track of how many times they dropped. Like I should have done tally marks. It was ridiculous. Like, and he was making some great fucking throws. Um, like, okay, so I feel bad about leaving you guys hanging. You guys kind of went on a tangent. I am cautiously Not optimistic bad. about Flores is what I'll say. And I'll go into detail on it in the next podcast. But I'm cautiously optimistic and then, but yeah, Rosen, like, I mean, so, like, with the Dallas Cowboys game especially, like, he was decisive, and he was eluding pressure all until, like, the third quarter when the offensive line just gave out. And then against the Chargers, he was good for a while, and then the offensive line just gave out with against Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Surprise, surprise. And then against the Redskins... He just, from the get-go, he had no support. And you could tell he was flustered, but it was because he was, like, it was just immediately. Like, he had no time to really make plays. And that's when they threw in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he made a an almost game-winning drive. But then the play calling in that game was also terrible, by the way. Um, and they called that screen on third, or on the two-point conversion. But yeah, I was gonna ask, wasn't there wasn't there like a I remember from the Dallas game, wasn't there like a big time deep ball to either it was either Parker or Williams at the time that was dropped that was like just a, a, a dime by Rosen, but it was dropped. So it was like a, a, a really Yeah. Okay. Now Parker also in that game made an amazing one handed catch. But um like he was he was in that point, like, kind of, he was in the ready-to-break-out phase, and he was still trying to kind of put it together this season. But, like, my, like, I'm, I'm telling you guys, like, Rosen is, like, if if you spent all your assets, like, there's a bunch of young guards, like, if you took, um, I'm looking at the free agent list in front of me, if you took Jack Conklin, the right tackle from Tennessee, if you took Brandon Sheriff, the guard from Washington, uh, there's another guard in here, Joe Thune from New England. Um, you can keep uh, Kilgore. He's not honestly that awful. But there's also a free agent center that's 
not bad. Connor McGovern from Denver. I mean, it's not. Yeah, and then um, drafted Andrew Thomas with like the fifth overall pick, or trade up for him, and then put Rosen back there, and then used like the other first round and the second round on like a running back and a receiver. Like you'd be set on offense, and you just put Rosen in there, and he'd ball out guaranteed. I mean, I'm a hundred percent with you on everything except the Rosen thing, but we'll talk about <laughs> it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I mean, I, we've seen him for, I mean, probably 150 snaps too many over the course of his career, and I hope the guy can turn it around. But uh, I, I just, at the end of the day, uh, you, you got to call a spade a spade. Listen, bro. And, we spent a second round draft pick on him. He better fucking turn it around. That's what you gotta say, <laughs> right? We gotta hope, he, right? He's he's young, and again, I watched like all these games with him. He actually looks good. Like I will, say, I did want to start him the whole year. I had no faith in Fitzpatrick, and honestly, looking back, um, I, I still would have rather rolled with Rosen because winning five games just hurt me to the core. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> I uh like were you actually like seriously like ex- no shut up when, for real <laughs> like <laughs> like in that in that Pats game at the end of the season at the end of the year the were Pats you seriously a- like there was no reason to hope for a loss at that point like, you were God damn in. you oh it felt so good though oh god <laughs> I know, dude. I know, but at the same time, I don't know. Fuck, I'm a zombie. I get it. I know, but I, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, but still, we got. But at the same time, hey, it turned out to be. It turned out to be. Even if we would have lost that game, our draft position would not have mattered either way. Either way, that hundred percent. That's why I went into that game actually being able to actively root for a win. The only two games I rooted for a win were the Jets game and the Patriots game. The Jets game because fuck the Jets. Like I, I can never sit there and actively root for uh, uh, the Jets to do well against any of these Dolphins teams. But every other game you, from the Pats game, it was uh, I, I was a Pats fan. <laughs> I'll tell you what. When it uh, I don't I don't really drink during. Dolphin games. I smoke a I, I smoke a lot of weed during dolphin games because it helps calm me down. But I'm still a fucking psychopath, and I knew what was going to happen <laughs> at the beginning of the season. So when we played the Ravens the first game, it's, it happened so fast. Like I knew what was going to happen, but what what I knew was going to happen happened so fast that I was like, oh, okay. And I had a bottle of wine in my refrigerator. And I fucking went and grabbed the wine, and I sat back down on the couch, and I was like, well, it's going to be a long season. And I got shit-faced the first game of the season. And we lost what? What was the score? 40 and nothing? What was that? 47 or something like that? 40 and nothing, right? Or, but I, I think it was in the 50s, wasn't it? I don't know. I was hammered as well. But <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Like, I knew it was going to happen. And then when all of a sudden, they, like, they pulled out the first win, it's like, uh-oh, and then... Like, the whole time, I'm just watching it just to watch the Dolphins. But all of a sudden, they take the lead, and they start playing well. And I feel myself, like, 
getting back to that psychotic phase. And I'm like, no, this isn't right. This isn't what's supposed to happen. And it's, I don't know. I don't know. This is crazy. I said on Twitter, like watching games this year is, is one of the most stress-free experiences I've had watching any kind of sport. Like I, I would go into it, watching the play, hoping the play succeeded, watching the play fail miserably more often than not. And when the play was over, I just didn't care. Like, I wasn't screaming. I wasn't throwing shit at the TV. Like it was just a, a one one and done type of thing. You watch something go horribly wrong, and then you just move on to the next. Hope someone did something good, and they probably didn't. hundred <laughs> percent. How weird is that? My whole life, I've been a psychopath. Like I was born bred into it. Like that's all I knew as a kid was Miami Dolphins. And I'm crazy, ridiculous every year. Every year, like, unstable, like, nobody be around me. Matt's screaming, jumping, acting weird. And then this year, I, I, said, I said on Twitter several times, this is the first year I've ever been, like, not emotionally invested into a season. And it's a very horrible – like, I, I firmly believe, like, this past year that I went, like, through life, like, 2019 – was the worst year of my life. <laughs> like, I mean, I did some cool stuff. Like, I got, I mean, obviously I got married and all that. But other than that, it was fucking horrible. And now I'm like, I just want, I want that feeling again. I want that, okay, let's circle the wagons and let's get fucking crazy. And I'm sorry, but I feel like I need a quarterback in that situation. <laughs> and so, yeah. Oh, I agree. Just not Herbert. Not Herbert. Not Herbert. On that note, I am going to have to peel off. I said I had about half an hour. That was an hour ago. So yeah. <laughs> yep. Sorry to keep you on so long, but thanks. For I'm coming so on. sorry, guys. I just like came in and took over your show. I feel like shit. I'm sorry. I'm no, fucking. It's, it's my good, bad. man. You're good. Uh, it's good. It was fun. I'm glad to I have am. you here. We'll talk early about it. Do it again. Absolutely. We'd love to have you guys both back on on a future date. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We've had Matt here a little bit later in the segment in GTH. It's Midbuster Fins. Have a great night. Peace.